0: Good morning. Good to see you. It is good to be back on the East Coast, although I think my, my body is somewhere in maybe Mississippi or somewhere like that. Still getting adjusted to the time. Have you ever seen the movie Castaway? Y'all remember that movie with Tom Hanks? Uh, he, he was a FedEx plane pilot, and his plane crashes on a deserted island, and he has all these packages with his plane, and he goes through most of them, but there's one that he never opens and it has angel wings on it, like a drawing of angel wings. And five years later, when he gets off the island, he goes and delivers that package to the customer, and we never see what's in the package. Well, years later during the Super Bowl, FedEx ran a commercial that was a spoof on the movie. And they had an actor who looked like Tom Hanks and and, and he he gets rescued and then he takes that package and he goes to the home. And he gives it to the recipient. And he says, uh, hey, by the way, I'd like to see what's in that package. Will you open it? And so the woman opens it up. And inside the package is a satellite telephone, <laughs> a global positioning device, a compass, a water purifier, and some seeds. So uh, in the package was everything that he would have needed uh, to make his survival more <laughs> comfortable or or sooner, right? And his needs are provided, but he never opened the provision. Never opened the provision. Today we're talking about God's provision, how he provides for us. We just heard a song about how he provides for us, right? And one of the areas that he provides for us is through an avenue that, oddly enough, I don't think we talk more about. I don't think we talk enough about it. It's that he provides for us through His Word. Provides for us through His Word. We are in Psalm 19, starting in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, Fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have provided for us through your word. It gives us so many things, it gives us a direction and guidance. And as we're going to see, it gives us a lot of things that. And maybe we needed to dwell on more often. So, Father, as we hear from you today, I pray that uh, your spirit is in this place today, that, that he receives this word, that we receive this word, that you speak through me and, and use my words to bless you and fill me with your spirit today so that we may all hear from you today and that you provide for us today. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Colby said, I do have six points today. It does not mean the sermon will be twice as long. Although it could get there, but I doubt it, right? And just taking what the Psalms gives us today when it comes to um, his word today, when it comes to his, his points. Number one, I want to give you six ways that the word of God provides for us. Six ways the word of God provides for us that tells us right here, number one, God's word provides us a source for Revival. Source for personal revival in our lives. As we look at the passage, we're, we're going to see a recurring theme. Each little couplet here describes God's word in a certain manner, and then it shows the effect of that attribute. So in verse 7, we read that the law of the Lord is perfect. And because it's perfect, what does it do? It revives. The soul, so God's Word is described as the perfect law of the Lord. God's Word being law, it refers to His direction. It refers to His instruction. And perfection has the idea of of being full. It is a fullness. So the next time you you eat too much and you're full, just say you're perfect, right? Right? That was a bad joke nobody laughed at. I guess it's too early in the morning for that one. What kind of law is the fullness of God's word? It's it's a law of salvation. It states how one is made right with God through Jesus Christ, through his work on the cross. It states how one is saved. And just like the law of gravity shows us that what goes up must come down. The law of God shows us that who we are in life and shows us what we need in life. So this law is perfect in that it is complete because God's way of salvation is complete. There's no other way to be saved. Only through the gospel of Christ. So it is full. Nothing else can get in there. The gospel doesn't need to be added to. It doesn't need to be taken away from. It is complete and just the way that God has designed it and what's the effect of God's law being perfect being full it becomes our source for revival it brings conversion to the soul it turns us back to God the word soul can be used to describe our emotions God's Word perfectly understands our emotions and it gets our emotions in line with God. It revives our emotions. It calibrates them to be in tune with Him. If you're having an emotional day where you just don't know what to do you feel all turned around, go to the Word of God. When your emotions are running your life, God's Word should be the first place you go. When you're feeling low, When you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling worried, when you're feeling stressed, God's Word is where you need to go. And the Psalms, as we're reading through Scripture, are a wonderful place to start. If you say, well, where should I go? You can go to the Psalms. David wrote many Psalms when he was on the run for his life. Hiding in caves, fleeing Saul who was trying to kill him, And many times he cried out to God when he was at his lowest. And as we cry out to God, when we go to his word, it has the power to provide for us in that it revives our soul. But we have to use it. God's word turns us back to to his way of thinking, and it allows us to live the way we should live. So it is a source of for personal revival. Secondly, God's Word provides us a source for wisdom. It gives us a source for wisdom. The second part of verse 7 says that the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God's Word here is described as a, a testimony. What is a testimony? It is a witness just like someone who stands and gives testimony at a trial it is a witness and what does God's Word testify towards it testifies it bears witness that we are sinners in need of a Savior and this testimony is sure meaning that it is firm it's firm the testimony of God's Word is firm it will not waver that's why that's why pulpits are are firm right It's got God's Word on it. It's it's symbolic of the grounding of God's Word. The worst thing in life is a flimsy pulpit. (laughs) Because not only is it flimsy, it's it's not displaying what it's supposed to display. God's Word is is firm. It will not waver. It's always true. It will never be found false. So what's the effect of this truth? Well, because God's testimony is true, it makes those who are not wise, wise. And who is not wise? Everyone, anyone, without God's Word in their life. The word simple can be translated as foolish. God's Word gives wisdom to the foolish, because without God's Word, we are foolish. The most intelligent person on the planet is foolish in the areas of his life without God's wisdom. If you're going to believe me, just watch the news. Just look around the world. Just look at all the foolish things going on in the world. All the the nonsensical things that really make no sense that you hear about in the world. And, And people are foolish. Why do they get this way? Because they're not consulting the Word of God in their lives. Perhaps they even have the Bible, but they don't know to even open it. Or perhaps they've never been told about Jesus. One of our college students this week, we were witnessing on a college campus, one of our members, one of our college students, she uh, shared Christ with the student there at that college. student said, never heard that story before. Some people don't even know there's a package, so to speak, that can be opened. We're to make sure people have access to that and that they open it and that we open it for them. Because if not, they're just living foolish lives, devoid of God's power. We do foolish things. We, we think that we know what we're doing when we're not consulting God's Word. We think we know what we're talking about. We, we all think we're experts at something until God's Word tells us otherwise. It's firm and sure, so it gives wisdom to those who seek it. So it's a source of wisdom, and we neglect it to our own detriment. Number three, God's Word provides us a source for rejoicing. God's Word provides us a source for rejoicing. Look at verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, Rejoicing, the heart. The word for precepts here can be can be translated as as statutes. They, they bring about the idea of of having a mandate, which is a a commission, a, an order. And so these precepts, these mandates of God, are right. They're not crooked. They're straight. And this, this word has this idea of being pleasing to the eye. If you're walked into a room and a picture's on the wall hanging, and it's just so crooked you can't stand it. Walk in, and there's something that seems off about our room. Maybe the rug's crooked, the picture's crooked. It's just, it's just your eye, if you're like me, your eye can't quit staring at it. Right? When I was in California um, last week, I was uh, um, doing some laundry at, at where we were staying, public Laundry, we had to get some stuff washed. And I uh, turned around and there was a man staring at me who was dressed as a woman, but he was a man. And he was talking like a man. And I just, right in my face, and I had an Australian accent. So I just, I, everything in my, I just couldn't concentrate, right? Something seemed off to me. I'm like, oh, how do you know how to work this machine? His nails were painted. It had earrings, and he was, was a woman dressed man dressed like a woman, and taller than me about, about four inches. It was an odd, it was an odd situation. Okay, I, something seemed off, and I had a hard time getting my equilibrium right to, to, to speak without just, you know, looking him up and down. I, I, it's just it was an odd scene. I, it was just I was like, wow, he's got his fingernails painted and everything. Everything, you know, had a short skirt on. It was just, you know, I couldn't, it was just, you can imagine me, right, just staying there, right? It just seemed off. Because it was off. It was off. You walk into a room, you see something that's crooked, you want to fix it, right? That's how God's precepts are. They bring order to our lives. They straighten our lives up. They make the heart rejoice. They they make the heart glad. The the, the heart refers to the inner man. And when you put God's mandates into action into your life, uh, your life gets straighter. Your your inner being rejoices because you you are a picture that is hanging properly on the wall. You look the way God wants you to look. The way he's created you. God's word allows our our inner being to rejoice when our lives are in order it's a source for rejoicing when we seek God's Word and it works on us number four God provides us a source for enlightenment a source for enlightenment the next part of verse 8 says the commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes so a command, God's word is here is described as a command. And so a command has the idea of, of being an, an obligation. It's something that God expects you to perform. And his commands are pure. They're, they're clean. And so the purity of God's commands brings enlightenment to To the eyes. Things that could not be seen now are seen. When when God commands you to do, it's good. You know, I don't command my children to do things that aren't good. You know, little John David did great on the trip, did great on the plane. Now that we're back home, he's back to his old self. You know what he does now? Don't tell him, don't tell him that I told you this. He gets mad at people, gets mad at me, and as soon as he does, he spits. Yeah, can you believe that? How could he? Oh, you got a father like me, he spits. Anyway, I'm joking. All right? He just goes, pfft, pfft. didn't like spit, he just goes, pfft, like that, right? He spits. Well, you know, there's a consequence when that happens, right? When he spits, there's a consequence. When he obeys and doesn't spit, there's freedom from that consequence. But when he does it, he gets it. There's freedom in obedience. There's only, you only go to jail when you disobey. There's only a consequence when you do something you shouldn't do. God's commands shows us how we shouldn't live, shows us how we should live, and in that living, there's Freedom, God's commands enable the eye to to see how things really should be. It's not like looking through a glass darkly. It gives you a discerning eye. You now know good from evil. You know right from wrong. God's Word provides a source of enlightenment. People are always looking for some type of enlightenment. The Word is right here. Read through it. Maybe things you don't want, to, don't want to see in there at first. Things you don't want to read in there at first. Because our culture has conditioned us to believe that certain things in God's Word are wrong. But they're not. Because God decides what's right and wrong. And he wrote the book. And his book gives us enlightenment. Number five. God's Word provides us a source for truth. Provides us a source, the source for truth. Look at verse nine. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The fear of the Lord. I feel like the last 20, 30 years, this word, the fear of God, we've diluted this. Well, you know, it's not really a fear. It's just kind of this like raw reverence thing. No, it's and on some level it is a fear. It is a fear. We we fear those things that can't affect our lives, right? It is right to fear God, it says. It's right to give him reverence for his name. It's right to revere his book and his laws. It's it's right to sin and, and feel a little frightened. Even though we know Jesus Christ has taken it on the cross for us, it's right to feel that way. We all fear someone or something. That's kind of what we're created to do maybe you you feel your parent you fear your parents maybe you fear your spouse or their reaction to something that might happen or you might say to them maybe you fear your children when when he spits on you i'm joking. i don't fear that but maybe you do feel your grown fear your your grown children maybe you fear your friends Maybe you fear your enemies. But when we rightly fear God, when we are rightly concerned with how He views us and not our parents, not our spouse, not our children, not our friends and family, when we're concerned how our God views us, that's fear. Healthy fear. We then can stand firm to all the other fears that fight for our attention. No, fear me. No, fear me. No, worry about me. No, focus on me. God's Word says, nope, there's one that you are focusing on ultimately, and that is God of the Bible. That's where your fear is. And the fear of the Lord is clean, and it endures forever. It'll never go away, and that is a source of truth for us. And God provides that for us. When we're tempted to fear all these other ways, flying on a plane 35,000 feet away, and tempted to fear 35,000 feet above ground, tempted to fear landing or something like that, God says, Fear me. I keep the planes in the air. Amen. I keep the earth rotating. Fear me. Number six, finally, God's Word provides us a source for living. Provides us a source for living. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The rules or the judgments of God are true. They're, they're right. They're pure. This is where we get our word for amen. Amen means yes. It means it's true. It means that's right. It means right on. Whatever you want to say, that's what it means. And not only are the rules of the Lord true, they're righteous, they are just, they are fair. All of his rules are this way. And the sum of them being put all together are completely fair and just. And so we can trust God's word to point us into the best Direction for our lives. His rules point us to righteousness. Verse 10 says, "His rules are more to be desired, are they than gold? Even much fine gold. God says, "Don't chase wealth. Chase me. I am more to be desired than any wealth you might own. Sweeter than honey drippings of the honeycomb. Don't chase pleasure, good food, things like this. He says, chase me. God's word's more beneficial than gold. It's sweeter than the best taco on the planet, which I had last week. I just couldn't get over how good this taco was. I can never eat Taco Bell again. But even how sweet that was, It's not sweeter than the word of God. It's not sweeter than God Himself. The Apostle Paul, when he was nearing the end of his life, he says in 2 Timothy four thirteen this tells Timothy, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. At the end of Paul's life, he wanted two things. He wanted a coat because it was cold and he wanted God's word amen that's what he wanted bring me a coat bring me the word of God he didn't say bring me that that good little taco there in Troas Bring bring me some of my cash I have stored away no bring me a coat bring me the word of God His last wish. Look at verse 11. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. God's word serves us as a warning for us. It gives us a source for living. God's word provides us a source for living. God's word provides. We have so many ways to get in the word now. We have so many, many of you have many copies of the Bible in your home. And you have it on your phone. All sorts of translations. Right? Yet we still feel pulled to read other things, look at other things, take time on other things. And God says, my provision is right here. You just have to open it up. You just have to turn it on. You just have to read. Especially in those times where you feel like you have nothing. God says, come to me. I will be your source for everything that you need. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being that source, everything that we need, Lord, in our life. And we know this. Most of us in here know this truth, Lord. We've heard it talked about and, and preached. Many of us have heard this. But, Lord, we need that reminder. We need that reminder that we are people of the word because you're a God of your word. And so we do everything in line with you. And Lord, we're going to continue to sin and, and, and do things we shouldn't, which is why we need you. We need you to change your hearts through your spirit, through your word. And we thank you, Lord, that when we do fail you, that you forgive us and you love us. You'll never turn us away because of Jesus Christ. And that you are working in us to make us full and complete and perfect. So, Lord, if there is one in here today that's never placed their faith in you, never turned to you for salvation, that today would be the day they do that. And for those in here, Lord, that are in a place where they feel like they are far from you, that you would show them that you're just an open book away. Lord, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.